What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Blaine and Mickey, powered by all four seasons garage doors. Blaine and Mickey with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan on 104.5 The Zone. Let's go, Blaine and Mickey, hour number two. Happy birthday to Derrick Henry. Happy 25th anniversary to all you Vols fans who like it feeling like, well, it's 98 season, but 99 early when you won that championship. So happy 25th anniversary to that. Derrick is 30 today, so we're talking about 25 years ago and 30 years ago, things that happened. The birth of Derrick Henry, one of those things, and then he winds up here. So two great things for uh, football fans in Tennessee uh, although Tennessee fans certainly did not enjoy seeing Derrick Henry in college. Uh, that part would be true. But they've enjoyed seeing him in the two-tone blue Man. here. He may be suiting up for his final game. So we asked this question, just having some fun today, mm-hmm. because we love CJ, we love Eddie, and always love to uh, kind of kick things up a little bit. And just asking Titans fans, because if this is the end of the Derrick Henry era, would have been eight years here, same as Eddie George. Trish, uh, Johnson was here six years in a Titans uniform. So we asked the question on at Blaine and Mickey on Twitter, by the way, follow us at Blaine and Mickey, Twitter and Instagram. Follow us. You'll love it. Uh, who are you running? Who, who are you running with? Uh, and somebody said in the prime, it's like, no, we're going to roll with them in their full time in Tennessee. Just the Titans, yeah. uh, Derrick Henry, the clubhouse leader right now, 58%. CJ 2K, 25%. Eddie George, 17%. Uh, Hitman's going to give his thoughts, but he likes callers, and he says, mm-hmm. let's go to the phone. So let's get Bubba up first, who was kind enough to hold to the break. Bubba, who you got? You got DeKing, you got EG, or CJ2K? Man, y'all made this, y'all made this tough. So yeah, yes, yeah. I had to really go back and kind of analyze the entire thing. So we're going Derrick Henry, you're going CJ, then you're going Eddie. And the reason, no disrespect to any of them, love them all. Uh-huh. Who can you plug and play in all three errors? I think Derrick Henry would have had success in CJ's behind his line, behind everything. Same thing with Eddie. I think uh, CJ wouldn't have done as well with uh, Eddie George's as Derrick does, but he would fare well in today's ball game. So Derrick Henry, he could, he could, he could just roll on through all three of each of those um, phases. You know, Eddie George's era, Chris Johnson's era, and now his. Mm-hmm. While you got uh, Eddie George only doing, I think he would be good at all, but he won as great as his, you know, his era. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, I'm going Henry. There you go, Bubba. Appreciate the phone call. And and sometimes I think people just have they like whatever the most recent thing is. That, right, that we all true. we all are kind of victims of that. So I, I like the way he totally analyzed everything. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I like his view. Uh, Darren up next from Brentwood. What's going on, Darren? Thanks for checking in from Brent Hood. What's up, guys? How's it going? Good. Good, man. So this is a very, very difficult one. I've been a Titans fan <laughs> yeah. through all three of these guys. But there is a stat that I want to give you guys that is the reason I picked who I picked. There are three running backs in the NFL history 
and I won't give the stat yet. Okay. Jim Brown, Walter Payton, and Eddie George. The only three running backs in the history of the NFL to hit 10,000 rushing yards without missing a single start. And that is the tipping point. That tips the scales for me. You said it, Mickey. Durability is the best ability. And that guy, vocal leader, physical leader. But to hit 10 Gs without missing a game or a single start, that is incredible. So, Big 27, you got my vote, brother. Man. Wow. Oh. He bringing that smoke. <laughs> Woo. That's, that, that is unbelievable. Who had the most carries between bananas, between Henry and – or all three of them, but I, I'm a really – Eddie, Eddie had the most carries at 27-33. Henry's behind him at 20-11. Oh. And then CJ2K is at 1742. We're Nathan George, man. And, and, you know, to add to the, to the caller's point, Eddie George actually, when we were teammates, played with an injury with a foot injury yeah. that he had to put a steel plank thing in his shoe. And I really think that was the demise yeah. of his career two years later because I think it started affecting his knee and eventually caught up to him, and that's why he slid like that. Now, he might have missed and got it fixed. Then would his career been longer? Because there were some times there, guys, at least on the defense for sure, would be like, oh, man, he just fell down. Yeah. You know, and you can't be mad. The guys up are fighting through a heck of an injury. You're a running back, and you have a foot, toe. Man, it it yeah. was unbelievable to see him, you know, go out there and do what he was doing. So, to the caller's point, I mean, he didn't miss any games, but maybe he should have, and that would have propelled his career even longer. Uh, maybe a couple more years instead of boom, and all of a sudden now his knee was acting up probably because it was compensating for the bad foot on the other leg. But this is the guy talking, though, is the guy who broke his arm and is like, I'm going to play next week. And then you had your meniscus that you tore, and you're like, just cut it off. Yeah. I'll just get my knee drained. But, you know, you that, guys. That was being tough, and that was also being dumb. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot going on there. But I'm not a running back that's running, and you got to have your feet to do some things. And, you know, I, I tore my Liz Franks, and I didn't play. Yeah. At the end, right there, that's, that's why they released me. You know, I tore my wrist. I can't, I can't run. So, I mean, Eddie was like, "No, I can run." Tape my toe. I think it started with his toe. Then it led to his foot. turf toe. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, uh, as far as besides McNair, the guys that I play with, Eddie George is at the top of the top of the top of the list as far as just pure toughness. Yeah. I mean, it, it was unbelievable to see him do that. Uh, which is man, just see what he had to go through. It was really crazy. Uh. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to kind of break him down. And I kind of went over Eddie a little bit right there mm-hmm. about what he brought to the table, let alone his leadership skills, uh, which were phenomenal at the top of the list. And just a quality all-around great guy, which all those guys are. But I play with him, so I know exactly who he is. I think uh, stylistically, CJ2K, man, as a fan, and when I was going to the games, uh, sitting there in Titans Radio Suite, uh, Every time he touched the ball, I stood up. And it, it, I had the feel of it was like watching, like the feel of when you're in high school and you know you're the best player on the field, and every time you touch it, you think he's going to score. Yeah. That's what I felt with CJ2K. In the NFL. In the NFL. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That was really weird, and it, it, kept, it was really hard for me to get over that. Like, I'm standing up. 
like every time he touched it, because then we're up high, mm. so you can see the view. Oh. And you say, uh-oh. And it was like, I was saying, uh-oh, every time he touched it. Like, I thought he could score. Like, that only happens really in high school. That, that, that Maybe a little bit in college, but, man, to say that that happens in a pro, I don't think anybody ever thought that. And being a former NFL player, to think that that could happen, and I can't imagine if I was on the field what I would be thinking. Mm. Like, hey, man, we better get this guy quick. Yep. Or it's going to if we're going to get in a foot race, I'm going to lose that battle. Most people are. So that was really weird for me to, to go through that. Now, watching the King, as I think one of the callers may have said, suggested, he had not only the power, but he had the breakaway speed. No, you said it. Mm. The breakaway speed that the King had, and we have never seen a human being that big. He might as well be somewhat like a Javon Curse, but on offense. It, it was just like, I can't believe this guy is doing this. <laughs> and then he kept doing it. Then I was like, I started saying, I think people are scared to tackle him. Like, I thought there was an intimidation factor, which if you meet Derrick Henry, you never know that, you know, he's never a talker in a game. He just lets his... His actions do the talking. Right. He's not that guy. Unless somebody does something to him that ignite him. Like, hey, man, let go of my ankle. What are you doing? At the bottom of a power or something. You know, that's kind of how he goes about it. He's a business-like player. And, you know, I, I love that because he, he, you know, don't say anything. And then you try to tackle me and see what happened. So it, it was, it's been really fascinating to see all three of these errors and being so close to it for all of them. And so I could say, man, I could choose either one of them and I can make a run at any of them and say, this is the guy you get pick, and that nobody's wrong in this answer. Right. But stylistically, I love me some CJ, too. Oh, oh, that's why I was picking that oh, bananas. bananas. That's why yeah. I wanted to go last, this, because I didn't want to go back to back. Yeah. And I knew what I was going to say, because when we toyed around with this in the summer, I was really conflicted, like, dang, and it really hurts me, because I play with Eddie, so that, that's like, oh, then I'm like, well, he's not as fast as King Henry. And then I'm like, well, CJ. So I I think I like those multifaceted mm-hmm. type players. So that's why I say I chose CJ 2K. Not only did I stand up every time he touched the ball, but he was a threat even as a pass catcher. Oh, more so sure than anything was. besides some screens. So it, yeah. it was that's the reason why. But I could see anybody saying any one of those guys, they were all fantabulous. And to be honest, I really believe if the league starts looking at it, I think they all have a shot. And I know CJ Key, 2K's numbers aren't, you know, where people want it to be. Uh, I don't know how many career yards he bounced around after that to multiple teams after, that, I think, Arizona, the Jets. At 9,000 and, and something yeah, total. 9,651. But, but if anybody looks at a three-year window, what he did was incredible. And people, and let's not forget, at the time that he was uh, holding out for his contract, I said I would trade him. And then when he got to the Titans and got the bag, I call it the bag, mm-hmm. I said his pockets got too heavy. So, so before that, he was all about, I'm about to take it. And, I, man, he, he did some incredible stuff. And even showed power throughout that. I remember one time he ran through a hole, ran over a guy. He stood up. He couldn't believe he did it and kept running and I, ran for an 80-yard touchdown. It was I know crazy. what you're talking about. I was like, dang. Instantly accelerated it, again. It, right. And I those guys, for me as a – is a safety in the league were the hardest guys to play when they had that explosiveness and deep in speed. Mm-hmm. It is something to hold. And when you're chasing, you go like, I have no shot. It's demoralizing. And I think that's what he had. And that kind of goes with Henry too. Henry's right there close. 
Uh, but I think I just like CJ's style and what he can bring to the table more than Henry. And that's really what it's about. Henry, statistically, is is the best, probably. Two 2,000-yard guys, too, by the way. And they're all was 1936, who so were trying to figure out how close. Well, it was 1934, I believe. Earl Campbell had 5,000 rushing yards in his first three seasons. We didn't even bring him into this. Right, yeah, yeah. He was the way back, but he was a bruiser, too, though. Just real quick, out of the three, which one has the most memorable runs? Because to me, and, and this may be recency that, bias, and this just because gotta be I'm king younger. That's got to be king at CJ, The 99, yeah. It, it, but CJ it's, it's had his. Henry. Because it, uh, it ties the NFL right. I mean, 99 yards. I mean, As far as you but can go. But that play I'm talking about with CJ 2K, man, I want to know how long that is. But that was an incredible run. He's like, with Derrick Henry, I can think of the 99-yarder. I can think of the, the Ravens overtime winner. Yeah. I, I can think of the 94-yarder uh, against, uh, against the Texans, the, uh, the Wildcat winner against the Texans. I can think of so many for Derrick Henry. And that may just be because of recency. But I think he also has more memorable runs than the other two, yeah. Mm, oh, I don't know. I like to look up CJ's because I can remember a screenplay. I, I mean, yeah, I yeah, I like to look that. We up. just need to get into. We need to have a day this summer at the end of the season. We just have CJ two K appreciation day. I would because like that. It, yeah. we could spend so much time digging incredible. up calls and runs and if people. If people weren't here yet or weren't old enough, it blow. He would blow their mind, the things that it's he did. It's still unbelievable what Henry was doing, and they knew he was getting the ball. Yep. And he's that big a target. It ain't like you're missing him. Like, you know where he's at. <laughs> you mentioned this, and I think you mentioned it off the cuff, but you're pretty good at remembering. He's basically the same size as Javon Curse. That's what I said. I, that's They're essentially the same size person. I don't think it's going to be another guy like that. <laughs> I, I just don't believe If it does, man, while I'm alive, man, I'll be like, man. I can't believe this. All right, I can't believe this. Phones are ringing. We'll come back to you guys. But let's get our buddy Chelsea Messenger on next. Chelsea's a Middle Tennessee native. Maybe we can get her thoughts on this. We'll do that and more. Uh, try to make you some money Vegas style for inter- Let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? No. Nope, they can't see you because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Entertainment purposes with our friend Chelsea Messenger, host of the Daily Tip, next. Mickey, Blaine and Mickey hanging out on a Thursday, January 4th, 2024. That's the way we're doing it today, man. Uh, lots of fun discussion, and we'll get back to some more phone calls on that. But we bring in Chelsea Messenger now, our buddy, host of The Daily Tip. And I'll ask you this, Chelsea. You're you're a Nashville native. I know you're maybe you're a little too young to remember the Eddie George era of the Titans. But let's just say this. You're a sports aficionado. It's your job to know sports, and you have strong opinions. You've got your own show 
You could have Eddie George, CJ2K, or Derrick Henry on your team. Who would you pick? Ooh, I'm I'm thinking in their prime, right? And I'm very flattered that you think I'm young enough to not remember Eddie George. Of course you don't uh, remember that. Of course you don't. <laughs> yeah, you were just a baby. Yep. <laughs> well, here's the thing that maybe people aren't talking about because Chris Johnson was electric as a running back, yes, but also very electric as a kick returner. Wasn't he? Am I misremembering this? Or was that Pac-Man Jones? Because I do remember the days where oh. Pac-Man Jones was in his, like, orange Lamborghini and going oh, down my. to hurricanes. Do you remember those days? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I got to pick one. That's tough. Pac-Man is a punt returner. I think he could have been. Well, I'm always going to defer to Billy White Shoes, but I think he could have been the best punt returner since Billy White Shoes this team had ever seen. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, But I think the problem was, was it him and Lindell White that were always going to the clubs together? I feel like they were always getting I can't recall. The call's breaking up. Break it up. Yeah. Oh, no. You guys are probably friends with some of those people. Maybe you don't want to get them in trouble. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, they were VY, was- Landale. They were always giving shots and, you know, stuff at uh, Fridays or something like that. But Fridays. Oh, those are the stories I want to hear about. Yeah. Friday. Well, about I wasn't Fridays. playing with them, but that's what they were saying. <laughs> Blaine was just avoiding Fridays in those Yeah, I days, definitely yeah. was. I was not trying to <laughs> Oh, no, the good times back when we it had, was. you know, a team that was playing for something. And now I'm looking at the Tankathon website. Regularly. Oh, gosh, no big sigh. <laughs> I got that on my phone right now. It's pulled up all the time. You know, what's crazy? Chelsea is talking about this. They're seventh. They've lost three games in a row. They've won five games. They're still at seventh. They've been stuck there for the last couple of weeks. Chelsea. Dang it. Can we move up to top five? Yeah, who has to lose? Uh, I guess I need to look at my Tankathon website that's yes. pulled up for the entire month. Yep. Because there's a lot of people that keep telling me, they're like, Chelsea, what about the Titans getting four and a half this week? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> we don't have anything to play for. And I know Mike Vrabel's super competitive, and I would love to hear your take on this because the gambling world is all over the Titans saying, oh, they'll keep it close. You know, Mike Vrabel doesn't want to lose. And I get that, but it's not something I want to put my money on, Uh, especially with how conservative we have seen the Titans be, even in some of these games where they were still in the hunt. And when they had Will Levis in, and it would be the end of the half, and they wouldn't even go for it. They would just, you know, run it out. And I'm like, why aren't we going for points here? So it's not something I want to put my money on. But from a sports betting perspective, there is one play I will be looking at in this Titans game this week, and that'll be – DeAndre Hopkins over his receptions prop because a big angle in week 18 is player contract incentives. And DeAndre Hopkins Mm -hmm. is one of those. I don't know if you guys have talked about this, but he's pretty close to receiving or to getting some big milestones. He needs seven catches for an extra 250,000. He needs 49 yards for an extra million dollars. That's $1.25 million on the line for DeAndre Hopkins this week. And listen, Ryan Tannehill feeds him the ball regardless. You know, last week, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had seven catches, 72 yards. So I feel like that's the play. You take DeAndre Hopkins' receptions. You take, you know, whatever his prop is. I would imagine it's in the 60s. But Ryan Tannehill feels like a guy that's going to take care of his number one receiver. Like, didn't Ryan Tannehill buy his offensive line watches this year? He didn't even play half the games. So, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's the way you play the Titans game this week. I would have put on those boxes for the watch boxes, it's time to block somebody. 
That's what I would have put on that Chelsea Messenger. Our guest here on Blaine and Mickey at Chelsea Messenger on Twitter. Well, let's stay with the Jags-Titans game there, Chelsea, and that is how much the game will be affected with the line if Trevor Lawrence plays or doesn't play. Does that even a part of this equation? Oh, I'm sure it'll affect it. Um, usually favorite? quarterbacks are worth one or two points. Right, right now we're seeing the Jags three-and-a-half-point road favorites. So I would imagine that it's built into the line that he is going to play or just the fact that the Jags still need to win games, correct? Isn't the AFC South up oh, yeah. for grabs this weekend? Mm-hmm. So that game is meaningful, uh, certainly for the Jags. So I you know, don't have any inside sources on you know, the Jags and who's going to play and who's healthy. But still, based on the line, it looks like there's a chance he plays or at least you know, they will be competitive and hoping to put the best product out on the field. No doubt about it. Or we get hometown guy, uh, C.J. Beathard uh, from uh, BGA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we never know. Saturday's a game, though, right? Texans versus the Colts. Who's favoring him in this game, and what's the play? Yeah, this is basically a pick Texans one-point road favorites here, and it kind of scares me how little people are talking about the Colts. And listen, I hate the Colts just like every Titans fan does. <laughs> but it feels like for a team that's 9-7, and seven, mm. nobody's talking about the Colts. Uh, so it feels to me maybe the market's a little too low on the Colts. Gardner Minshew and this offense have been surprisingly good. And I think it is a testament to how good Shane Sykin's been for this offense. But it's hard for me to go against, you know, C.J. Stroud. Uh, I think I would roll with the Texans here. Or you can put this one in a teaser. If you think the Colts keep it close, you get the Colts plus seven. I think there are a lot of good teaser legs. We've talked about teasers on the show before. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get six points in your favor. You combine it up with some uh, other plays. I think a good teaser uh, leg companion would be the Bears. They're getting three against the Packers. And here's the thing about week 18 as well. Just because a team needs to win a game does not mean that they are going to especially in the NFC North. The Mm. Packers have been in this position before. Aaron Rodgers had a home game when he was with the Packers, and they lost outright to the Lions. So just because a team needs to win does not mean they're going to. Justin Fields playing for his job here. We know the Bears have a chance to draft a quarterback. Justin Fields needs to prove something here. The defenses look a lot better for the Bears over the last few games. So I like the Bears. You get them plus nine, and then you get the Colts plus seven. I think both of those games are going to be uh, one-score games. Mm, well, man, you just made me think of this. I think the Ravens, who have clinched the number one seed, aren't playing Lamar Jackson. So how much did that affect their game versus Steelers and any other games where their starting quarterback is not playing, but they already secured a playoff spot? Yeah, the NFL is funny like that yeah. because we see this where – Guys will be resting, but yet a team will still win. And the Steelers and the Ravens is one of those games where I think people um, are still feeling like the Ravens are still a very solid all-around team because you can't rest everybody. Uh, this line's three and a half, and the total's 35. In the meeting between these two teams, AFC North matchups, it always feels like the underdog has a shot. I'm remembering that game that I think it was Big Ben's last game with the Steelers maybe. And they upset the Ravens, you know, and it was a game where um, it looked like Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were the much better squad, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. But here's the thing about Tyler Huntley. He is not your run-of-the-mill backup mm-hmm. quarterback. He is somebody who fits in oh, really boy. well with that Ravens system. 
So I feel like this is still a very good Ravens team. You got to think about it. They're the best team in the AFC uh, getting three and a half points at home. I'm not sure if I trust the Steelers enough to lay the three and a half. Please leave me out of the conversation about Mason Rudolph and saying he's the long-term answer Mm. for the Steelers. I am not a believer in that offense just yet. I will take the three and a half with the Ravens. Mm, There you have it. Chelsea Messenger from the Daily Tip. All right. How is the uh, NFC South going to sort it out itself out? Because I guess right now Tampa, if they win, they're in. But they play uh, the Panthers, who they'll probably beat. But then you have the Falcons and the Saints playing each other. How's all this going to work out? When you have a division that's that bad, mm. it's really hard to look at a team and say, okay, this team's trustworthy. Yeah. I would imagine the Saints cover at home though, because the problem with the Falcons has been they're bad on the road. Uh, that has been the Jekyll and Hyde situation for Atlanta this year. They're five and three at home, two and six away. Uh, so I think that that is the one angle you look at and maybe you can trust them. I think New Orleans is the better team, but in the NFC South, that is not saying much. So um, I don't feel great about trusting the Saints ever, but I would lean towards New Orleans. Uh, people are asking in the chat. All right, we know you guys are asking her about all these NFL games. How is she feeling the title game? Is there anything that she's got uh, thoughts on there for Washington and Michigan? Yeah. Well, we can't that? bet on player props in oh. college games. Like first half overs or things like oh, that. Yeah. Dang. Thank you. Uh, I think the total and the side is correlated in the championship game because a lot of it depends on if Michigan can control the line of scrimmage. I think they probably can, and I think they will probably do what you do when you face a team that has playmakers on the other side of the ball. You keep those playmakers off the field, and you chew down the clock. Michigan's offensive line, really solid. We know we'll see a lot of Blake Corum here. But here's the thing about Washington. From a betting standpoint, and this has nothing to do with the X's and O's, It feels like a team that has been severely underrated all season long. We see this a lot from teams in the Pac-12. Nobody stays up to watch their games, and no matter how good they are, they just don't get the credit that they deserve. So my first instinct when I see this line of four and a half is, oh, we're doing this again. We're giving Washington four and a half points. How did that go against Texas? I will say this. Texas secondary was their weakness. So we knew that those receivers were going to have a field day. But here's the other thing. Washington accrued over 400 passing yards, but still almost lost that game. So it feels to me that, you know, if you go against a better defense and if you make some mistakes, which I know Washington had a few on the special teams that they would probably like back, it just feels like Washington has to play almost a perfect game to get the best of this Michigan defense. Um, I am going to lean towards Washington here, though. I think the points are too much, especially if uh, Michigan's trying to chew down the clock. If it is a lower scoring game, I think Washington can at least keep it close. And when you are taking four and a half, you're looking for a team that can play from behind. And Washington can do just that. They can score in a hurry. They have three NFL caliber receivers. Michael Penix Jr. has been threading the needle. Uh, I like Washington getting the points. Not sure if they went out right, but I will take the four and a half. Chelsea Messenger, our guest at Chelsea Messenger, host of The Daily Tip. Well, I'm always going to be interested in uh, one of my former teams, and that is the Eagles because, man, it sounds like the ship has sailed, man. I don't know what's going on down there. They've lost, what, three, four in a row, uh, still 11-5, and five, and they're talking about the coach's job is on the line. What do you think is going to happen here at New York Division? Mm. Mm. Well, I don't think it's a team that you can put in the circle of trust anymore as a big favorite, mm. but they're not laying a lot of points, only a four-and-a-half uh, point spread here. 
I think there had to be some regression expected from an Eagles team that lost both of their coordinators and, you know, some pieces from that team last year that went to the Super Bowl. Um, Maybe this is a buy-low spot because in sports betting, we're always looking for buy-low situations. When everybody has completely abandoned a team, maybe that's a chance to get a good number on the Eagles. I don't think I'm one of those people that's willing to toss my hat in that situation. Um, But, you know, four and a half, it's a low number for a decent Eagles team. Like nobody's putting them at the top of the NFC anymore. Um, But I'm not saying the Giants are good either. So would lean towards the Eagles, but it's definitely not a play that I am putting my money on. Bills at Dolphins, and man, do I like what the Bills are doing right now, man. It's not a team I want to play with, Allen and crew. And the Dolphins are kind of, well, at least Tariq Hill's kind of banged up. And, uh, yeah, he had a little snafu there, fire at his house. So who do you see in this game? Yeah, I think that's the main uh, talking point for me is the Dolphins and their injury list. I would imagine it came out today. Uh, And if it didn't, it should be out at some point. Isn't Thursday usually injury report time? Uh, But the Dolphins have been really banged up, especially on their offensive line. It's not the big names, you know, like Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill. But still, think about it. If your offensive line is struggling, no matter how fast your receivers are, they're not going to have time to get open if your offensive line is not good. Uh, So Tua's a little banged up on his hand as well. It just feels like a Dolphins team that overall is just not at full strength. Then you look at this Bills team. um, Obviously, they're motivated here. Big game for both of these teams. Uh, But I will say the sabotage factor for the Bills is that they haven't looked overwhelmingly good in the past few games. Like, you know, beating up on the Chargers. They only beat the Chargers by two. Um, And then some of these other games, you know, they beat the Patriots by six. So I would lean towards the Bills, and I do have a two-to-one ticket on the Bills to win the AFC East, but I don't feel super great about it. Uh, That's the the way that I would lean, especially since the Dolphins are pretty banged up. Uh, But I don't know. Wasn't the knock on the Bills earlier this season that they're very inconsistent? So maybe this is the time where they turn back into that team that makes a ton of mistakes. But uh, I think you're right. I think the Bills are definitely trending in the right direction. Is there any book out there on the odds of the coaches? I mean, I know the season's not over, but coaches on the hot seat in the NFL? Uh, not at BetMGM. Mm-hmm. I would. Lo- I need to listen to you guys more uh, on Mike Rabel because everybody <sighs> always asks me, you know, what is the takeaway on Mike Rabel? And I'm like, well, it's complicated. How many, right. you know, how many minutes do you have? Um, but we'll see. Cause I've been asked by people in like new England and I'm like, okay, doesn't Mike Rabel do a lot of the things and, you know, coach the same way that Bill Belichick does. Mm. Why would you bring in somebody to replace Bill Belichick that does Bill Belichick type things? Like, wouldn't you want that <laughs> from Bill Belichick? Wouldn't you want something new? Mm. Like, why would you get a lesser version of him? Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know what the answer you were looking for, no, but good. there's definitely not odds on that over at that MGM. There you have it. Chelsea Messenger, Daily Tip. Chelsea, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, happy New Year, and uh, we'll be checking in next week. We'll have the NFL playoff football to be talking about on here. Ooh. Yeah, and one more on the way out. Lipscomb basketball, minus Ooh. one and a half. Oh. I think I'll take that along with uh, maybe one more. 
I will go Troy, minus four and a half at home well, as well. I was going to say, I saw that on your Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. You're mining the Sun Belt and uh, <laughs> the Missouri Valley for big wins. I saw you riding the SIU Salukis. That's right down the road from my wife's parents' house. I know. I felt bad fading Belmont, but it had to be done. Well, and, the, and, and, you, and you were a big winner there. All right, but we'll be talking certainly more basketball coming up, too. Let people know, as always, where they can catch you. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger. You can find my show, The Daily Tip, wherever you find your podcast. Just search The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast or just search BetMGM. Usually it's the first thing that pops up. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. One and only Chelsea Messenger. Hey, let's do this before we go. Dan, the man he called mm-hmm. in earlier. Dan He's trying man. to settle this dispute, CJ2K, Eddie, or King. Let's squeeze in Dan's call before the end of this segment. What's up, Dan? Dan, the man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Enjoyed the show today. It's been great. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you. My favorite thing, and I picked the king, King Henry. I like the stiff arm. I love to watch <laughs> those guys get ragdolled. They come around the corner, smash. I'd like to see a highlight reel of him straight arming people. Ooh, I'd like that, too. Somebody's going to make that on the Internet now that you've said it, Dan. Oh, oh. oh I sure hope so. Man, uh, one more thing I'd like to weigh in. I love Coach Vrabel. And uh, I wish the ownership would just say, build me a monster. And let's see him build a big team. I you want Vrabel to build the monster? or Yeah. Grand? I want Vrabel to build a monster. I want it to be uh, – I want a giant tackle, big earth <laughs> mover. Somebody that's just got a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. Man, let's hope – let, I appreciate the phone call. Let's hope that there's somebody just like that uh, awaiting them in the draft. draft yeah, yeah. yeah. They get that bad mamma jamma. Maybe that's what's missing with Dillard. Because athletically, he's got it. Well, you know, he's missed, missing some technical stuff there, but it's always the mental makeup. Because physically, everything's there. Yeah. When you look at him, you think, oh, okay, yeah. You see his movement? Physically, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're they not at the – remember I tell you at the senior bowl what happened? When we there, everybody stopped at the practice. And went over and watched Brad Hopkins whoop up on Alabama defensive lineman. And he was growling. And that propelled him first round the draft in the first round. Yep. It was unbelievable. And he was a monster. See that? That's what that guy's talking about. We got to get that monster. Got to find somebody growling. All right, we're going to growl our way through one more segment of the show. We got quarterback news for the Titans and for the Jags. You won't want to stick around for that. First, though, Banana says it's time to give away Titans tickets. I do whatever Joy Banana says. So get your dialing fingers out, Titans fans. Titans ticket Thursday. Caller 5 now gets tickets to see the Tennessee Titans against those old nasty Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday at Nissan Stadium. 615-737-1045. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow, nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Five now gets to go to the game to see the king. Tighten up. Playing to Mickey 1045 the zone. I uh it's some gibberish in this song. You ever know what he was saying later in the song? Mm-mm. Some ask him, was that a language? And he's like, no, it's just words we made up. Well, my friends, time has come. Oh, look at you. <laughs> you know the word. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mickey is a slime Tell you dog, which QBs man. are having some fun. <laughs> they got some work to be done. <laughs> they got one game left to play on play. I'm sorry, music, boy. I'm sorry. Let the music play. No. First concert I ever saw was the Commodores. Lionel oh, Richie, really? Commod- oh wow. my gosh, man! Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was Whoa. amazing. Commodores. When Lionel Richie, like they were a powerhouse. That's oh. poor Lionel was like, wait a second, I can just write hit songs and make all of the money. Okay, I'll do that. That was your first concert. It was Thanksgiving, nineteen seventy eight. It was the day after Thanksgiving, nineteen seventy eight. Right, this. You ever heard of the Commodores? No. Okay. Do you watch know the song watch, Brick House? No. no. And naturally, okay. I'm sure our, our, our my parents played that. So Brick House. I thought you were about to say I my mean, parents conceived me to, to that I'm song. I'm about to do a joke. You, you never heard of <laughs> Commodore, have you ever heard of New Edition? Mm-mm, no. Oh! Robbie, Bobby, Ricky, that. and Mike. I, that was my, my first uh, concert. New Edition. Yeah, New That's Edition. That's a good one, too, man. I can't remember. New Edition, Janet, or, yeah, I think it was New Edition. I saw the Commodores and Zap, more bounce to the ounce. Ooh, remember Zap and Roger? That. I remember dancing that with my my diapers on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not have a diaper on. I had tough skins on, probably. My parents, my family, just played that all the time. That's more bounce to the ounce. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> boy, they was, that was it. I was like, oh, dang, my I felt gosh. like I knew the song without ever even liking the group or who were knowing anything about. So the group. all those young people out here, well, you'd have to even be a little bit older now to know this reference, but California Love. Oh. The guy who's California knows how to party. That's Roger Troutman. He was in Zap. Oh, Roger man. Troutman, Zap and Roger. Yeah, man. R- rest in peace. Oh. Rip in peace, Roger Troutman, the great Roger Troutman. Uh, Will Levis, he practiced today. And there's video of him. We need to get Dr. Blaine to pull up some A to Z sports video here. But here's Will Levis working his way through those dummies they lay down Will on Levis. the field. Oh, I'm not playing them regardless. I don't care what he looks like. So you're, you're like, hey, man. But I'm not the coach. I mean, you know. But I'm not playing them, man. I'm sorry, man. Ankle, now foot. Nah, it's just too much going on here, man. Lower body injury, man. I don't want him to have surgery this summer. <laughs> no. He may still have to have surgery. I have no idea. That, I look at it the same way. I don't want anything to happen that could derail the first day of his offseason, much less a few weeks of it, it whatever is. that means. It you know, is. Tannehill will be part of somebody else's offseason. All right, I'm looking for him. Oh, 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 man, he's oh, he's looking halfway pretty good, man. Yep. <laughs> he's spinning him, and no, throwing. No, I don't want him to be limping. He's, he got a, how, a small limp to him, but I, I would not do it. How much criticism 
would the coaching staff get if he goes out there and he plays and he gets hurt again? Oh, that's a great question. I think a lot. Because it's already like happened once. Into the offseason hurt. Like, yeah. okay, now he's gotta have now he's gotta have a something Sorry, fixed. Some, yeah, that that yeah, I that's a yeah, I think they if that happens and the likelihood of that happening is highly likely just be <laughs> just because it's the NFL, also because it's a horrific offensive line. Oh, you're taking your life in your hands every time you line up behind those guys. That's why I'm so discouraged that this is Derek's last game. He's probably going to hit, get hit behind the line of scrimmage 17 times. I don't know. It's the Jags, though. How many yards did he have against the Jags last time? I, watch this. I'm, I'm such a football junkie. I started watching. My wife was laughing at me. I started. I watched the whole first quarter of the last time they played him, and that was a while ago. I got it on recording. <laughs> she was like, are we going to do this? I said, yeah. The, the, it doesn't matter. The team is not going anywhere. I said, but I want to. I want to see if they can do something different than last time. He went ten for thirty-eight against them the last time. Ooh, ten for thirty-eight. He caught one ball for six Ooh. yards. Ten Ooh. for thirty-eight. I wonder what, what's the over/under on how many yards Derek Henry have because you know they're going to try to make sure that he gets a, at least more than that. Uh, I want to think he could get like seventy at it's least. Thursday. Let me. I'll check FanDuel because my you got it? Mickey's moneymakers. I'm um, looking it up draw on from there fin- on Fanatic Sportsbook. Let's see if I we're can both looking Mickey. on different books. It's good radio, but we're just if saying he, if things. he gets eighty, uh oh, then they got a shot of winning. Fanduel doesn't have player props up yet because yeah, same. They want to see like who makes it through the week. I guess every week practicing. Oh yeah, those will probably come out either late tomorrow or Saturday. They'll come out late tomorrow. Yeah. We may have it by the time we get off the air, so oh, we can look at that. Speaking of that, Chelsea brought up the incentives with D-Hop, and I'm sure Henry, oh, my man, Andre Dillard has some incentives in his contract. No. Outside of, yeah, and it's playing time incentives, by the way. Yes, because of his injury history, it was put in there outside of his actual contract, which was, I don't know, three-year, 29, or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he may be starting. <laughs> like a pretty big incentive, do you think? Like quarter of a mil oh, or I something? Can, yeah, yes. Uh-huh. If I was Amy Adams Strunk, I might be like, like do not, it, I want to see Duncan yeah, I would on like, the field. And, and that means I do not want to see Levis because Duncan may duck him. You can put <laughs> Dylan Radins down there. Let him play left uh, left. Oh, and speaking of that, Dylan Radins looked actually decent the other game. Uh, yeah, I, I meant to bring that up before. We never really got into individual players. I think he's getting better. Now, to say that he's going to be a tackle, I'm not sure even on the front side, but I think he is an NFL. I think they may be able to get her. Watch, listen to this. And I know I'm not going to get it. I'm going to say it real fast. Brunskill, I don't even know if he can play center. Center, Dylan Radins, a guard. I don't know if Brunskill even has it in his background, but I no, think, I think he was a backup. Played, I think he's played everything. Yep, I think he – and I'm putting Brunskill at center – and I'm putting Dylan Radins at guard. And then the other guard is Skaronsky. And then we're going to fix that left tackle with a first-round draft pick and then let the other dudes fight for that front-side tackle. Like Lord of the Flies, just fight yeah. for it. MPF and Hubbard or whoever else you want to bring in a veteran for that. All but, I know all I know is Will Levis. Or Duncan. Will Levis getting, what, 40 snaps against the Jags tomorrow, probably getting hit 15 times. I don't think it's worth it. I agree. Not, not, not right now. I think you've gotten what you needed out of Will Levis this season. Mm. I ain't gonna lie. I, I want to see Malik Willis. Everybody's laughing at me because that's probably not gonna happen. Danny Hill and Malik Willis. I want to see him. 
And I'm, I might have started Malik Willis the last two games. Look, every and Mike Rabel got asked about this earlier this week. Here's the other thing. Trevor Lawrence practicing today. He's throwing some in these videos. Oh, Just a little, he? He's throwing a little bit, and he was having shoulder trouble. Um, well, I, my nephew calls me more during my – you know what I do, bro. Yeah, he's he, called he me. Thought, he saw his 53, and we're supposed to be off. He don't know that. He doesn't know. <laughs> Maybe he uh, has an opinion uh, on uh, I just yeah. hope, hope everything's okay. I'll have to hang up and call him back. He uh, lives next door to my mom, so I'll check back with him. But um, – uh, where were we going with this? Ooh. You Willis. were talking about Malik Willis and oh, Ryan Tannehill. I'm not so sure. Vrabel got asked about it. Would you go with Malik? He goes, no, no. If 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 we don't go with Will Levis, Levis. then we're going with Ryan Tannehill. Okay. So if I was the way he's talked, well, he hasn't talked about Malik Willis, and the way he talked about Kyle Phillips this week, where he's like, well, why would I have him up? He's a slot receiver who doesn't return punts. And we got a slot receiver. If I was both those guys, like when I left, you know, everybody gets a trash bag. I put everything in it when I left after this game. Like I'd just drive over to the complex and use my card. I'd clock in, take all my stuff. They, That's for sure. But dang, Phillips is man. He just not been able to stay available. But ah, man, he. I'm telling you, right? I think we got something there. Let's hang on one more year. Bringing the punt returning stuff into that is weird. We talked about that off air yesterday. Nick says nephew is trying to catch Mickey in between time. He is. Yep. Speaking of that, we got to go. Three HLs coming up next. So in the meantime, in between time, peace. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. <laughs> I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. <laughs> Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen.